1: You know, winning is fun, but winning big really puts us all on a position of sustained long-term success. And in this podcast, we talk about those secrets that put us on that winning big path. And as each one of us are different, our starting points are different, our end is different. And that's the reason I really enjoy having conversations with leaders from all walks of life from all over the world. And that being said, today, it's truly my pleasure and honor to have a conversation with Gaurav Agarwal. Gaurav is the founder and CEO of Savari Car Rental in India. Over the last 15 years, he has been passionate about solving mobility problems in India. And what is fascinating is, and again, this is maybe the pun intended, as we talk about his journey, in the car rental, it would be very important to look at not only where he has come, but also how he has come there. And that's a fascinating journey. So, Gaurav, before this, what a Cisco systems where, you know, over a period of 10 class years, he was working on core internet operating systems that powers their routers. And, but at the same time, there was something that was brewing in his mind. And as you start looking at the Savari journey started in 2005. When on a trip to India, Gaurav saw, and this is to me is huge about visionaries and leaders, is they see what others do not see. Gaurav saw a fragmented car rental market in India, and there was a lack of a trusted player across India. And then the second part of the visionary that really impressed me was not only did he see Within a year, he was in action. He founded Savari Car Rental to provide something which is very simple. A reliable, high-quality, chauffeur-driven car rentals across India. And for those of you in the US, it's just very important to explain that in India, when you rent a car, usually, in most cases, it comes with a driver. 2020, fast forward, it has been a fascinating journey. And I just really want to understand a little more about the journey. But today, this is where Gaurav has arrived, and this is where he promised to go. Savari is one of most trusted car rental brands in India. And I do not have all the numbers, but I would say on a recall, it would be one of the top brands right away because of the years and the quality that they have established. And secondly, the vision is that anybody at any time can book a safe, reliable, high-quality car rentals anywhere in India. And every story has to have a personal side. Like my excitement is a few years back, my daughter was going to Sundarbans, which is in the border of India and Bangladesh, literally in the middle of nowhere to do a project. And of course, as a dad, I'm really scared. But when she called me and said, dad, nothing to worry, I've called Gaurav of uncle. And in India, you call somebody uncle. And Savari will be there to take me there. And the assurance I felt at that instant that my little baby, she was not a baby, she was like, I think, 22 years old, would be with Savari car rental really made a big impact. So Gaurav, truly appreciate you being there for my daughter and being an amazing human being and a friend. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun. Thank you, Arjun. Glad to be here. So Gaurav, first of all, congratulations. So I want to start at the very eventful trip because I have made the trip back to India quite a few times. And I have missed seeing what you saw. So I really want to start and get an understanding of the big opportunity that you saw. Can you please take me back on the trip and share with me what triggered those major changes in the journey?
2: Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, I moved to U.S. from India in 98. And since then, I've been uh, booking uh, car rentals online in the U.S. Uh, Well, you know, right after, I mean, right from 1999, at least a few times a year. And I, well, what I really found cool was that, you know, the fact is that no matter which city in America you go to, you know that there are four or five car rental brands that you can book a car from them. And, and pretty much, you know, each, what each one stands for. So uh, as you rightly said, you know, in, uh, uh, in one of the visits to India that I was doing while I was in US uh, in 2005, I uh, wanted to, of course, I was landing in Delhi and I wanted to go from Delhi uh, to a nearby place called Dehradun, which is you know, around 300 kilometers from Delhi. So I thought, you know, why not, uh, you know, just go ahead and book a car, uh, car trip so that, you know, I can do my journey and, you know, while sitting in the U.S. itself. And when I tried to do that, I was very surprised that there was not even a single brand that I could trust to make my booking where I was assured of a quality at, at, you know, at good prices. Uh, And this is what sort of, you know, uh, sort of really bothered me that, you know, U.S. is something, uh, and which is, you know, you take it for granted and India didn't have, uh, and this is, you know, uh, in 2005. And in fact, for that, that trip, what I had to do was I had to ask my friend to actually help me out with the booking and he used his local contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where the, you know, the seat for, you know, uh, incorporating such a company that can fix this, uh, uh, this problem that India has started. And then I, of course, I did a little bit more research and I found mm-hmm. that the market is fairly big. Even at that time, it was $5-7 uh, seven billion and largely unorganized. Uh, and hence, you know, it looked like a great problem to attack. And that's how the journey started. And there has been no looking back since then.
1: So that's fascinating. So you saw the potential, you saw nobody's there. It was an open market and you also saw the need because you felt the pain point. So how did the name Savari come in? So that's also very interesting. So, uh, you
2: know, if you look at the uh, name of the companies, mostly are, I mean, quite a lot of the companies are named after the founders or family names, some after even places. And of course, in the last decade or two, there has been a trend that the companies are also sort of named to tell the customer what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always used to wonder why the company is not named after a customer, you know, because at the end of it, at the core of it, it's it's, it's the customer that you're serving. So uh, uh, after a little bit of wandering, uh, sort of we arrived at two rules that we'll actually uh, use to come out with a name for the company that we wanted to incorporate. Uh, and these two rules were that one, it has to have a customer in it. Uh, and in case in the worst uh, scenario, we can't find a, a, a customer that we can put a customer name or, or, you know, something about the customer that we can't put, we'll then actually describe in the name what it does for the customer. And the second rule was that it has to be an Indian name. And then once we had established these two rules, uh, uh, Savari came right away it because it's a very common name. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, it means the rider, which basically means a guy who's taking the ride with you. And it also means a right, which is what we were offering. So it, fit, it really fit into the rules that we had. Uh, and of course, it's an Indian name. So that's how the name came in. And this has been the essence also uh, that, you know, since day one, right? From the start, we have kept the customer uh, in front for everything that we have done.
1: So to me, I just want to push it a little bit is I have not heard any CEO ever say that I don't want to put the customer in the center every day, but when it comes to walking the talk, it doesn't happen. So how has having the name, especially with hiring team members, getting people in or day to day in a crisis, you know, when you, how does the name help you all of us to anchor? Like you guys have found the true north in the name. How does it help you and, or how it has helped you in the past?
2: So actually, of course, uh, you know, as far as, uh, I mean, when you look at even hiring uh, folks, uh, uh, you do look at the cultural fit that is there as to, you know, what what these guys are coming for and what their orientation is. So mm-hmm. one of the things that, that of course, you know, we look at very carefully in anyone that we hire, for example, is, is the fact, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, things that matter to them, how frugal are they? Because mm-hmm. that's one thing that we have learned doing business in India that you have to be super frugal. And the fact, you know, what customers mean to them and what, how driven are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, for providing customer and excellent service, and that is especially to uh, as far as you know hiring for our uh, operations folks are concerned, because these are the guys who are listening with uh, with the with our uh, partners on ground who are to actually deliver services. Uh, so, so of course you know uh, it it applies to our uh, team members, and, and and this is something also that we look at when we uh, form partnerships with our uh, with our vendors and drivers who actually in turn are providing services on our behalf.
1: So let me just push you a little more on the name. In India, when I've gone there, and this is before Savari, is there others who offer with driver. But even when you use the English word, you use chauffeur. And that is a higher level. So help me understand what was going through your mind as a visionary, as a CEO, as you were defining the experience to be at a higher level. So, uh, so certainly, you know, uh, I think
2: uh, one is of, of course, you know, what when you say chauffeur, it as you rightly said, it it sort of is a is a level up
0: mm-hmm.
2: above the the driver that you call. Uh, so certainly, you know, one is uh, if you look at India in general, I mean, the reliability is, is is super important. So we wanted to actually have very very high reliability, uh, mm-hmm. and in fact, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to say that. Even now, we have the industry-leading reliability of you know, 99.7% up and, and up, which is very, very high. And the other thing is uh, uh, the, the fact that you know, there, uh, there are a lot of things that we look at, even, uh, for example, for the, you know, what, uh, the, the chauffeur is actually opening the door for you and little things like that, which actually sort of help us differentiate that he's not just a guy who's just sitting there and driving you to, uh, to the other place, but he's more of a companion and you're sort of a guide uh, for your trip. So, and, and we have built that and even in the training uh, that we provide to our partners, both
1: vendors as well as uh, as the drivers. So, you mentioned 99.9%. So, for any business, I find it's not the vision that matters so much. Yes, vision is important, but what matters is what every guest gets every time. So, you know, you started with an amazing vision, but how do you get to 99.9% reliability? Like, what's the secret of getting there, especially when you or a direct report of you is not driving the car? So how do you get to somebody who is decently three, four, five generations away from you to deliver at that level? So
2: there are a lot of things uh, that we have uh, done to be able to achieve that. So one of the, you know, uh, thanks to my family, one of the things that we learned uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the words of wisdom that we got from them uh, is that, you know, as far as the experience of the customer is concerned, driver is the biggest component. And he's the one who is the biggest influencer mm-hmm. uh, and, and a chauffeur uh, in actually uh, uh, defining what kind of experience that the customer gets. And at the same time, the other important uh, aspect was that, uh, that you have to go by what the customer perceives and not what you see or believe. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you know, there are two reasons for that. One is uh, the car could be clean for me. The car may not be clean for you. I mean, the driver could be courteous for me. The driver may not be courteous. The chauffeur may not be courteous uh, uh, for you. Uh, and the fact is that even if you look at uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, at the time of induction, when the, when the vehicle comes to get inducted in your platform or, you know, in your random checks, you may find a car which is cleaner. You may find a uh, chauffeur which, who's, you know, well-dressed mm-hmm. and everything's right. But finally, what matters is what the customer experienced during his or her trip. And that's what sort of is is super critical for us. And that's what we have been doing uh, from day one is actually we go by what customer perceives and this we do by collecting feedback from the customer. It's voluntary and you'll be surprised that, you know, it's close to 30% of the folks voluntarily gives, uh, give us the feedback and through this feedback is, is what one uh, is we collect the net promoter score, uh, which is the NPS. And the second is we ask some basic questions. Was the car clean? And there's a yes or no. Either it's a yes or it's a no. Was the driver courteous? I mean, was the chauffeur courteous or not? And it's a yes. Uh, and it's again a yes or no question. And based on the that, we have actually built a mechanism that feeds into the actions that we take based on what the customer is saying. So you know, it could be you know, incentivizing the partner. It could be actually retraining them. It could be penalizing them, or it could be just taking them off the ground. So I think this is what has really helped and fine tune the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, we are able to provide this uh, high quality service and that on a pan India basis. Uh, and of course, you know, as you rightly said, you know, we are partnering with, uh, partnering with some guy who's actually in ten, either owns the car or is again partnering with some guy because he knows the, the driver come owner uh, there. So, so that has helped. And you know, one of the proof is that uh, the NPS that we record is actually in mid sixties, which is very, very high
1: for this industry and not only in India, but even. Uh, across the world yeah, worldwide an NPS of 60 is an envy yeah so you mentioned you know to me that's fascinating because what i really loved from that is you found the number one influencer which is the driver secondly right away you realize that the customer's experience and point of view and perception vetoes everything and to take that into action there's no questioning. There's no five-point scale or 10-point scale. The car is clean. like It's either clean or not. And right away, you're connected to actions. You also mentioned a little bit, and then you moved away from about your family. And you know, your family has been in the transportation business. How did the values, wisdom from your family shape up your journey? So actually, one, certainly, uh,
2: of course, they own buses and have been in the business for for now two generations. And so uh, as I mentioned, one of the things that they write to me, of course, Initially, when we were setting up, they really mentored us a lot and uh, connected uh, also through their contacts, which helped us get started. Mm -hmm. But right away, the two things that they mentioned was one, as as I mentioned, you know, that the driver is the biggest uh, uh, influencer. And of course, we have evolved a lot of things around that. So while we started with that, over the years, we have fine tuned and evolved. For example, you know, uh, uh, for the customer to be happy, the driver has to be happy. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that you can achieve that the driver is happy is to be being, uh, being very, very transparent. Uh, with 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 the driver, and uh, by transparency I mean is for them the what matters the most is the money that they make. So what uh, what mechanism we have evolved is that when we send out a booking for the partner to accept, the the money that we tell them that they will be making at the end of the three day journey, four day journey, or five day journey is exactly the money that they make. So there's absolutely one to one mapping. The other factor that we do is uh, because you know at the end if you look at it we are bringing two individuals, one is the driver and uh, the other is a customer, from two different show- uh, socioeconomic backgrounds together. And for a successful trip execution, both have to be happy, right? So that's why, and, and in fact, the problem is, while if you look at, a say, a ride-hailing company, you know, where you just hop in and hop out, this dynamic is not that much of uh, in play, but we do longer trips. And in fact, in Intercity, the driver and the a customer could be together for multiple days at a time and that something can go wrong is directly proportional to the time that they're to, to spend. So it's very, very essential that you keep it very honest. And one of the things with the, with with them that we do is also, you know, uh, we share, uh, try to share as many details as we can uh, of the other person with each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you know, with the customer we will be sharing, you know, what kind of, I mean, what the driver name is, number is. Uh, with the with the, uh, with with the the driver, we'll be sharing all the details of the customer. And in fact, in three-fourths of the trips uh, of intercity, they, both these guys talk to each other. And this actually helps build a rapport uh, between the two of them, even before the trip starts. And this really helps in, in building it. So these are some of the things that we have learned, and of course tweaked uh, as we uh, went along, to ensure that we can provide this kind of a quality uh, on a pan India basis.
1: Love that. So use the word they, you know, Taught us, and so when you talk about us, and again, I was fortunate that I first got a chance to get to know you. I think it was two thousand eight, maybe or somewhere in that time frame. When uh, you know, I was very fascinated to meet you and your wife Charu, and was blown away by the level of passion both of you had about how you wanted to make a difference. So I really want to talk about a little bit about your wife and. Her contribution and the vision, the journey from Sherwan, so let me, just help me understand a little bit about the dynamics, and you know, this is where you can brag shamelessly because she's an amazing human being with a great vision. The dynamics of two people together, how powerful it is, and of a couple sharing a dream, and how do you make life-changing decisions together, so how does it work?
2: Yeah, so it's been an interesting ride, and of course, you know, when uh, uh, we were just starting Savari, and by being, uh, I mean both uh, I and her, uh, I and Charu. So when we were both starting Savari, we were, I think, there was a lot of excitement to start something, uh, new, and and of course, I got absolute support from her for that. And not only that, initially, uh, in the first few years, she actually helped to build and manage some of the really big partnerships uh, that we did. Uh, uh, uh in our initial years and in fact those partner- partnerships were instrumental in us getting bootstrapped uh from second year onward and so you know for the first few years of starting savari because i was moonlighting i had a full-time job uh, was uh, apart from you know i working in the night for a few hours and she helping me a bit uh, our lives didn't change much but you know fast forward to four years down the line then we were actually faced with a big decision and that was so I was getting a good traction and then uh, uh, it was time and, uh, for us to decide to take the plunge. Mm-hmm. And by plunge, I mean that I would leave my full-time uh, uh, Cisco job and then we both would move back uh, to India. And, and of course, you know, this was indeed a big decision because one, we were expecting a first child. And second, we both uh, were working in, in Cisco and we had a fairly stable professional life. Uh, but interestingly, even with this context, uh, you know, most, uh, we, we never deliberated much on whether we should be taking the plunge or not. It was more like, you know, most of the energies are focused on how do you implement this change that we want to do. And of course, uh, uh, to, to I mean, in hindsight, we are both a little naive too, because what we thought was, you know, we'll move back to India uh, and we'll sort of build a great, uh, you know, fundamentally solid business, uh, exit in five years uh, and and sort of retire after that. And, you know, doing all of this in five years. Uh, so, of course, that has not happened because, you know, it's the ninth year that sort of uh, I'm still working full-time on Savari. But uh, for us, the, of course, the big learning for both of us is that it takes much longer than you anticipate to build uh, solid businesses. Uh, and, and to a large extent now, sort of, you know, she has accepted the fact that I'll be working twelve hours a day, uh, uh, pretty much six days a week. Uh, and on my part, what I try to do is once uh, I come back home, uh, after my long day at office then i just shut off so and, and, and all the time from there on till i till the time i sleep is actually spent with the family and that also helps me uh, uh sort of unwind mm-hmm. the other thing that we, uh, we 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 did decide is that you know kids are going fast so what we have decided is that we'll be taking two travel breaks a year and this summer was the first but unfortunately with uh, we, because of corona we all stuck at home so uh, so anyway all said and done i still feel that we should be retired uh, we should be able to retire soon, uh, but but I'm here uh, to uh, stay put for as long as it takes, because uh, it's been a fun, right? I enjoy every day uh, more than the day before.
1: And so to me, I think you know you talked about a vision, both of you jumping in five year plan, then nine years, and you know still you know, going strong and you're just enjoying it. So to me, I think during this last nine years, looking a little bit about your industry, you know, competition has partnered with some of the major global band brands, which expedites, you know, fundraising and sometimes it's not the experience alone. It's who has more cash to run faster. So in this whole journey where a lot of brands are taking, you know, shortcuts or, you know, moving forward in their own different ways. How did you stay true with your vision and yet kept moving the brand forward in a highly competitive marketplace?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just give you a bit context on the market. Uh, so one is, as far as you know, market size is concerned. So when I moved back in 2012, uh, it was uh, or 1112. Uh, it was close to around uh, 10 to 12 billion dollars, and uh, you know, 85 to 90 percent of the market was unorganized. So largely unorganized uh, market, and uh, and of course, you know, by, uh, uh, it's fragmented market. Uh, and the other aspect is that uh, when you sort of uh, 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 our core belief even at that time was that we'll be able to build a very large business if we of mm-hmm. course provide a far greater value to the customer for which they are willingly uh, uh, i mean they willingly pay to us mm-hmm. so so that was the the premise and of course as i mentioned as as we also discussed that we were not to own the cars we were not to have drivers on a uh, shoppers on a payroll so in fact we were to partner uh, with the folks Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that either own the cars or are providing sort of, and, and they were to provide services uh, uh, on our behalf. And the other aspect that you have to understand is that uh, Indian consumer, as far as services is concerned, uh, sort of wants the best quality, but they do want to actually get it at the cheapest cost possible. Mm-hmm. So what the complexity that becomes for us is that we have to source from our partners at lower rates while ensuring that they are happy. Because if they are not happy, then experience won't be there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it has to be a viable business for them. And then, of course, we have to put our margins and then put a, sell it to the customer where that pricing band is actually in the lowest band that the customer can, uh, can find. Otherwise, if this is not there, then, then of course, it, uh, the business would not actually scale. And, and of course, and then the outcome has to be that the customer gets a reliable, highly reliable, high-quality service mm-hmm. anywhere in India that they hire the service from, anytime that they hire the service from you. Right. So now coming back to landscape, uh, when sort of uh, in in two thousand twelve, we also raised uh, institutional money, uh, and then there were a couple of other players who had uh, raised institutional money. So it was a fairly level playing field, and we had the option to go for growth at all costs. But we uh, we we want we sort of decided very consciously that we'll actually focus more on ensuring that we are providing the right value uh, and, and, and as much value to the customer and not take the shortcut of actually being able, being able to sell at lower than the sourcing <coughs> price just to show growth. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, uh, soon enough, uh, the world's uh, biggest ride-hailing company walked into India and, and one of the players in India also raised a very, very large round and, and much larger rounds uh, post that. So, both of these events did sort of shake the industry and it did affect us. So, uh, I mean, we raised our first round in 2012, we raised our second round in 2013. And then, in 2015, when we actually sort of went to uh, raise our third round, uh, because there were two large players in this industry, so we were pretty much, at least from a VC perspective, uh, this industry was a return off. So, you know, at that time, of course, we we were faced with a with a huge task of restructuring, reorganizing, and uh, uh, and and pretty much it was a near death experience uh, for us. But I'm glad, I'm very proud of the fact that you know we could find the potential at that time uh, in, in in the intercity segment, and we focused on it. And a result of that two years down the line, we could break even and third and fourth year we have been profitable. And of course, third and fourth year have been, uh, the last two years for us. And this has happened only purely on the, on the back of growth.
0: Hmm.
2: Uh, right. So in all these years, we have never taken our eyes off of the fact that we have to bring more and more value to the customer uh, on one side at the same time, ensure that there's a value, there's enough value for the partner to be working with us and doing these two. At cost, which are lower than the money that we make. So as a result, where we stand today is that we are present in 2000 cities in India. Mm -hmm. uh, And and sort of, uh, as I mentioned, you know, very, very high reliability upwards of 99.7%. And then our net promoter score, which is in the mid uh, mid 60s, which is again, very high. So now coming back to the market size. So, you know, uh, uh, way back in 2012, it was close to 85, 90% uh, unorganized. And it was of course a $10-12 billion market. Now you look at now, so it's anywhere the estimates are anywhere between 15 to 20 billion market it is, and a uh, billion dollar is close to for uh, uh, it is what is being uh, taken care by the uh, by the ride-hailing company. So a billion dollar for ride-hailing, and then there's one billion and a half for companies. You know there are smaller companies which are either focused on employee transportation, which is again uh, one segment in India, or the uh, you know those who are focused on the corporate. So you're still left with 12 and a half billion dollars of this 15 billion dollar uh, industry which is unorganized which basically means yes. even after billions of dollars have been spent mm-hmm. the market is still this much unorganized and that's where we firmly believe that the that very painstakingly the model the business model that we have built is the right one that stands a great chance of organizing a large part of this industry wow. in fact uh, in we'll fact pass. i'll just yeah
1: so, go ahead please
2: So I'll just also sort of add, you know, these COVID times also have been very, very interesting times, I'm sure, for everyone. And I firmly believe that they will be a blessing in disguise uh, uh, for us. So, for example, if you look at uh, in India, you know, in April, uh, we had shut down completely. So there was absolutely no travel happening. And then from May onward, they started unlocking. And uh, and we knew, knew at that time, you know, whatever we understand as a normal travel would not be there. And by normal travel, I mean, you know, either you're traveling for leisure or you're traveling for business. So most of the travel was to be done for that was a essential or emergency travel, essential travel. Maybe you were caught unawares and now you want to move to a native city, or then you want to come from your native city to your work city, or there's some emergency that you want to attend for which you want to travel. Right. So that was the travel that we anticipated that will happen across cities. And interestingly, the other aspect was that, you know, whatever travel mediums that folks use, for mm-hmm. uh, traveling intercity were not there. I mean. Even now, less than 3% of the trains are running in India. Mm-hmm. Same is the story with buses. And of course, airlines also have a long way to, to really come back to their original numbers. And on top, all these three mediums, uh, you know airports, b- bus stands, or even uh, train station, they all expose you to a large set of folks.
0: Mm-hmm. And thus,
2: the probability that you will get uh, an infection is higher. And of course, all these mediums are taking precautions. But if we compare with a car rental, where there's just one chauffeur with you who picks you from the door, in one city and drops you to another is actually is as safe as it can uh, get uh, for your travel. And so this is what sort of, you know, based on the ops model that we have, based on the control that we have, we quickly expanded to close to 15 lakhs in India, 15 lakh routes in India. Uh, And of course we were doing one ways, but it was at a smaller scale, uh, uh, the other business of intercity, which is round trips, where you keep the car and driver was a much bigger uh, portion, but after we expanded to uh, these 15 lakhs, so pretty much you as a customer, no matter which city in India you want to start your journey and which city you want to end, there's a great probability that you'll, you can actually book a ride with us. Mm-hmm. And as a result, what has happened is we have been seeing week-on-week growth in, in, in this one-way intercity drops. And what has helped is that now we are doing 10X of our pre-COVID numbers in one ways, mm-hmm. uh, even in these bad times, you know, where the travel is, is, is very very, very restricted and of course it has uh, what has uh, also helped in in terms of revenue is that we have been able to recover 3 fourths of our revenue uh, of our pre covid levels which is very high for any travel company and this is primarily on the back of these one way launches and while of course you know in 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 covid times it has really helped us recover better but we firmly believe the game is bigger and the opportunity is much much bigger and the opportunity is to make one way intercity car rental drops a credible alternate to ac train travel and you know there's close to two and a half billion people that travel to ac train in india so that much big uh, is the opportunity and if you look at it even i mean for trips especially for trips which are under 400 kilometer car rentals is the fastest medium to actually travel and and of course if you're a family of two or three then it's actually the cheaper version so that's the opportunity that we find and 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 we firmly believe that it's kind of a shot in the dark for our goal achieve and organize a large part of the unorganized car rental market that India has and we are internally very very excited about it
1: that's really fascinating and what I really like is during both crises, one is when the big players started you know changing the marketplace you didn't change the core business but you focused on a niche of service And right now, that's the same spirit is as you're going through, because you have a quality service, you are now escalating that, offering to multiple city connections, but more importantly, you're competing with the luxurious non-immediate travel. Immediate is more airlines, but the more luxurious, and that's the level you can compete with because you already set a base. So let me pick on something you said a few minutes back about you know three five years you know retiring so if Gaurav was not in the car rental mobility transportation business what would you have liked to do in life?
2: So actually uh, yeah that's a very interesting question so you know if you look at what what I'm trying to do now is is take a really large problem in India and trying uh, and attempting to solve it so if I were not doing this I would have been doing something similar. Which would have been some big problem that I I really find excite. uh, I find a lot of excitement about and -hmm. trying to solve it. So it would have not been any different.
1: So give me a problem. Like what would be the problem that you would be solving? Like tomorrow, Savari, you sell it or do something amazing, find a CEO to run it. So what would Gaurav be doing? What problem would you be solving?
2: So if you had asked me five years back, I would have said I wanted to actually make movies. Mm -hmm. So that I that I find is there's a lot of scope. There's undue uh, sort of uh, 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 mind space that, uh, that, as, uh, that Bollywood occupies uh, mm-hmm. for not churning out as many quality movies. So that was the problem five years back. But now, you know, as, you know, as life sets in, I just find that that is way too big a problem to be handled after someone. So I most likely will not do
0: anything. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, knowing you and the level of perfection, who knows? And if
0: yeah. you never you're know,
1: in Bollywood and you're looking for somebody in a supporting actor role, who you know who to call. I know that. (laughs) Thank you. You know, you're listening to Secrets to Win Big, and today my VIP guest is Gaurav Agarwal. Gaurav is the founder and CEO of Savari Car Rental in India, but sometimes it's not the destination, it's the journey, and how he saw the problem, how he has stayed focused in tough times, and over the last 15 years has been passionate in solving this and taking it beyond, is really a fascinating discussion. The last section, Gaurav, is rapid questions, okay? Three to seven word answers real quick. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So let's go beyond car rental business. Okay, What will be your advice to anyone in any walk of life to be a successful leader?
2: So uh, actually one is uh, for a successful leader, you have to find the mission and the goal Mm -hmm. that you find very, very exciting uh which and and by that i mean you know it could be you know it's a fame that you want to go after money that you want to go after or it's just something that is close to your heart got it and and uh, and of course you know once you do that you have to be ready that uh, uh, you know to achieve that goal whatever time you set you're going to take longer than that mm. to achieve that goal whatever resources uh, whatever cost you put in terms of resources money or whatever you're going to need more what you plan for uh, and certainly the challenges that you'll uh, meet on the way will be much more or far uh, more uh, than you will ever be prepared for. So it's all about perseverance. You know, you have, once you get in, you just get in. And of course, you have, you have the right to change your mind in between because of, you know, heart of, uh, I mean, you, you, you go through a change of heart, but it should not be because the going gets tough. So, so you have to just sustain and keep doing.
1: So the expectations you set before you go in can be different once you're in. Of course. So three to seven words on how do you define a big win goal? So it, it depends on, you know, what, uh, what goals you have. Uh, I mean, as I said, you know, it
2: could be fame, money, or, or mm-hmm. just something that you like to do. Uh, I would think, you know, a big win is something that keeps you excited or every day, that every day you wake up, you're very, very excited to you know, you look forward uh, to starting your day to be able to do some of the things that, that you want to uh, do for that. Uh, so I think it's uh, any big win is to be is to be completely defined of what you think. Uh, I mean, you have to set the parameter. You have to set the goal but and the, the
1: metric for success. Getting excited is very important because to me, when I talk to leaders like you, I just find that those I love to have conversations with are those who are operating at the intersection of what they're good at and what they love to do. Then it's a different discussion because sometimes we are good at things, but it's still a job even though you are the leader. And I really think it's, you know, much more fascinating. Explain what's the one reason companies fail to win big.
2: So I can speak about consumer facing brands. Uh, uh, and I would think the one reason is, you know, so there are two, I mean, very broadly saying, uh, there are two parts, you know, things that you control and things that you don't control. For example, in our case, you know, competitor getting a large funding, you can't control that. But at the same time, you know, uh, uh, what experience do you provide to the customer? Mm -hmm. matters uh, a whole lot and there's no way that you can compromise on it Mm -hmm. so till the time you have taken care of the fact that you're providing excellent service to the customer and and at least meeting their expectation of what they want uh, from you uh, and and if it's a large enough market you will be able to actually sort of uh, uh, succeed and build a large company so but if you take your eyes off this then it's very very difficult to actually find success so I would say that you know you have to be customer focused at all times. Until the time you are there, you will find a way, and you will have an opportunity to build a big company.
1: Yeah, and I think you know that answer triggers a memory for me from 1990s when I started my career you know, major pizza chain. And this was my first business meeting. My boss took me to this external vendor who came in, and these guys made this fascinating presentation on how we will make close to hundreds of millions of dollars every year but pepperoni reorganization okay. on a pepperoni pizza what these guys showed us was normally let's say they had 64 they have this mathematical model that if you put 60 pepperonis the customer doesn't know a difference from a to b then they showed if you have 60 pepperonis then you go to little thinner pepperonis then you go another and you know me being not that smart and also being an entry-level person, I was on the back row near the wall doing a math. And I did the math and came back to my boss and said, sir, the way they planned, even the customer doesn't understand A to B, B to C, C to D, Hmm. but do you realize by 2018, the pizza will have only one pepperoni and the customer won't know the difference. Like that's the death by pinprick. Sometimes we businesses marginally do things But unless we can be in front of the customer and say, hey, I'm giving you less pepperoni, you're okay. Like we are literally, if I was, I'm literally stealing from the customer and I really connected that when you were talking about. It. Yeah. Now I just want to get a little more personal is leaders when I talk to, there are certain things which are totally no-nos in their business. I worked with some top athletes who even take a dictionary and remove words like no impossible. What's a word not in Gaurav's dictionary? So uh,
2: that would be, you know, uh, that there's no problem that can't be solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you have to do is, you know, identify the problem. And in certain cases, you know, you have to take a step back, look at it from a higher point of view. Uh, in certain cases, you have to shred it into pieces and, and become very granular. Uh, some of the problems can be solved within a day or two. Uh, and some requires a strategy and probably requires quarters and even years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, I mean, anything that you can, I mean, anything that you want to solve, you can solve. So, there's nothing that you can't sort of overcome
1: and can't fix. So, and if Gaurav could go back and meet the young Gaurav graduating from college, what would be one advice you would give that kiddo that would be very helpful to him in life ahead?
2: So, I'll just say, you know, be, be bold, be courageous, and be aggressive. So, that would be my advice. And, and, and you know, if uh, so, you know, for example, if I would want to walk the same path, if i can go back to my college years Mm. which would mean that you know of course i would want to sort of work for a a big company to get uh, get experience but then i would not do more like as i did in case of savari for four years Mm. and i would right right away jump in, move back to india and be where the action is and 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 just the fact that i I can be more aggressive and more bold and more courageous i think what i've achieved so far i would be able to achieve in in sort of maybe lesser number of years so say five to seven years what i've achieved in nine years of full-time working and five years of more life so that would be my advice i think be courageous uh, and be bold
1: so sort of leaders have always find for success to be repeated you know there has to be a process because without a process it's tough to repeat is there a ritual that you have when you start your work day or when you finish your work day the first thing you do last thing you're comfortable sharing
2: so the first thing certainly is, is one that, you know, as I mentioned that we, we, we religiously follow the feedback that the customer gives because that's how we can understand what they perceive of a service. So what we do is we actually collect all the feedbacks that we have got and, and uh, there's a mail that gets sent out uh, midnight. Uh, and of course, you know, for all the feedbacks where, uh, where we have not got an excellent rating, they're all looked by the team and, and we try to understand what can be done on, uh, so that, you know, we, we can do better in future. Uh, So that's the mail that I read the first thing uh, when I wake up, and that's right after the time I wake up. And of course, after doing my normal chores and, and of course, it was in exercises, I I sort of reach office at 8. And then the first task is to actually see what I could achieve, uh, what I wanted to achieve the last day and what I could not. And then look at the priorities that other things that that are there and sort of Mm -hmm. draw the priorities for each. But of course, if there's anything pressing that I find from the mails that we have got, uh, the feedback mails that we have got from the customer, then, then then that takes precedence over everything else that we do. So there's no last thing per se. As I mentioned, I'd, I mean, after a long day, I just cut off and then I only do unwinding with the family and uh, and try to spend time with the family. So it's just the first thing is always the mail that comes, uh, which tells us you know what the customers are saying about us. And
1: that's really fascinating that your first few tasks are all about customer centric. And that's the part where I really, I think you know a question I asked you at the very beginning was every brand talks about customers. It's not the talk that the walk matters. And to me, I think you setting that culture of how you start your day literally trickles down because if you put the customer last and you started with profitability or something else, it wouldn't matter. So love that, absolutely. Cool. So, Gaurav, if you could step in my shoes and ask Gaurav Agarwal a very amazing, smart question, which I would repeat, of course, which would make me look good, what would you ask? Uh, so,
2: I asking you something or I asking myself?
1: You asking myself. What could I have asked you, which I didn't ask?
2: Uh, actually, there's nothing. Uh, I, I'm a, I've been always fond of your smartness, so there's nothing that you could have missed.
1: Oh, thank you. I just need to pay you for that now. <laughs> It's mutual. <laughs> Anything else? you want to share? You want to share? No, actually, it's uh, it's just
2: that uh, I at least uh, even my my learning has been you know it's easier to uh, to dream, uh, but it's much tougher to to really go through them. And and there's of course uh, uh, it's challenging, but it's a fun ride uh, mm. to actually go after chasing your dreams. And and of course, uh, you have to be a little stubborn to actually just be stay put and 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 don't give up. Uh, And of course, you uh, know, you will achieve what you want to achieve.
1: Yeah, and one thing I also would look at is this is also very important in current times is even though it's one of the most difficult times, the entire humankind is going through both mentally and, you know, because of the work stress to everything else and health challenges. But if any one of us, each one of us look back, what we would all realize that between March and now, what we have each individually as a team collectively we have accomplished. is that record pace, like to me, this is, and again, you know, it took a crisis for us to change, but I really feel that that's one thing we all, all must reflect on how much we have all accomplished. You know, look for a second, for you, you added so many routes, like you changed your business. Literally in the one month when the business was closed, for you to come back so strong that you have nearly recovered the business and you are providing a service, which is I think more than the revenue is that's an essential service for people where there's no other options. So Gaurav, thank you again for your time. This is really fascinating. Thanks, Sajun. It's always nice talking to you. So today, this was a very incredible conversation with Gaurav. And what it really started with was I wanted to know more about the journey and what he, what triggered him is in Secrets to win big, I always find a leader sees what others didn't. There are so many non-resident Indians who are going back to India every year, but Goro was the only person who saw in 2005 that what he was taking for granted in the U.S. was not there. But what was even more important was it hit him as a feeling, was it bothered him to the point where he felt the pain point he needed to act. He did the whole math by saying huge marketplace, no, nobody offering any services. The second is he didn't want to go after the money. He had very clear goals on why he was in the business. He was there for the customers. And that's the reason I really loved your logic and you know, of naming is the customer has to be in the name, what you do for the customer has to be there, and it has to be in Indian origin, and that's what Savari means. Savari means literally the customer or the rider and the service that you provide. And that was a very fascinating thing for any one of us who are naming our business or looking at is either in the name or what else can you do to keep the customer every day in your mind as you act And that also connected Gaurav was the thread all through was every time you were looking at when the funding changed in the marketplace, you stayed true. When you realize that actually you're not just a B2C business, you are in a both B2B and B2BC, like you have responsibilities both at the same time. And you really realize that you want to make sure that all stakeholders win and that win-win-win mindset was really fascinating but you always make sure that the customer gets what they want. Even if it's unreasonable, they want the best quality at the lowest price, but that's what the market needs. Another thing that I started looking at was that extending on the customer was about the customer's point of view. That's what matters. That vetoes everything. And that's the part where, again, what impressed me more and will stay with me is about the talk translating into walk how you have put very simple surveys, the yes, no, the feedback, the high percentage of people giving you feedback, the positive net promoter score, but every day you guys are starting your day looking at yesterday's feedback because it's a constant journey. And I really think that it's very fascinating that you are in the transportation business and your journey has the customer in every point. And finally, one of the big things I really liked was in both crises, what you did was you didn't change your business. You stayed, you took a step back, as you talked about. And then what you did was you refocused on your core business. But then you chose, chose a niche. But your business did not change. And that, I think, is really fascinating. Because most of us, under stress, start knee jerking, change the brand. And once the brand changes and the equity are built, it vanishes forever. Again, truly fascinating conversation, Gaurav. And truly appreciate you taking the time. And thank you all for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun. It's truly a pleasure. Please subscribe, share, and review the podcast with your friends. Happy listening. And I'm looking forward to another fascinating conversation with another leader from another walk of life, another part of the world, and to bring it to you real soon. Thank you all.
0: You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts.